welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Ruffin, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all God's children and all God's creation. Now being loving in this world does not automatically assure us loving reciprocity from others or perfection in our daily living trials are an inevitable part of our soul's journey and a necessity for learning life's lessons. But let us push on a little further. For by sincerely being loved to all God's children and all God's creation at every opportunity given us and radiating the love of our own mighty I Am Presence all throughout the atmosphere, we not only play a part raising the vibration of mankind and Mother Earth, but we increase our own inner power and divine authority in the world. And when we truly represent the loving spirit of the living God within us, we make easier our access to those broader dimensions and higher realms. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and life. And y'all be loved. It came to pass, when Jesus had risen from the dead, that he passed eleven years discoursing with his disciples, and instructing them only up to the regions of the first commandment and up to the regions of the first mystery, that within the veil, within the first commandment, which is the four and twentieth mystery without and below, those four and twenty which are in the second space of the first mystery, which is before all mysteries, the Father in the form of a dove. And Jesus said to his disciples, I am come forth out of that first mystery, which is the last mystery, that is the four and twentieth mystery. And his disciples have not known nor understood that anything existeth within that mystery, but they thought of that mystery, that it is the head of the universe and the head of all existence, and they thought it is the completion of all completions, because Jesus had said to them concerning that mystery, that it surroundeth the first commandment and the five impressions and the great light and the five helpers and the whole treasury of the light. And moreover Jesus had not told his disciples the total expansion of all the regions of the great invisible and of the three triple powers and of the four and twenty invisibles, and all their regions and their eons and their orders, how they are extended, those which are the emanations of the great invisible, and their ungenerated and their self-generated and their generated and their light-givers and their unpaired and their rulers and their authorities and their lords and their archangels and their angels and their decans and their servitors and all the houses of their spheres and all the orders of every one of them. And Jesus had not told his disciples the total expansion of the emanations of the treasury, nor their orders, how they are extended, nor had he told them their saviors, according to the order of every one, how they are, nor had he told them what guard is at every gate of the treasury of the light, nor had he told them the region of the twin savior, 
who was the child of the child, nor had he told them the regions of the three amens, in what regions they are expanded, nor had he told them into what region the five trees are expanded, nor as to the seven amends, that is the seven voices, what is their region, how they are expanded. And Jesus had not told his disciples of what type are the five helpers, nor into what region they are brought, nor had he told them how the great light hath expanded itself, nor into what region it hath been brought, nor had he told them of the five impressions, nor as to the first commandment, into what region they have been brought. But he had discoursed with them generally, teaching that they exist, but he had not told them their expansion and the order of their regions, how they are. For this cause, they have not known that there were also other regions within that mystery. And he had not told his disciples, I have gone forth out of such and such regions until I entered into that mystery, and until I went forth out of it, but, in teaching them, he said to them, I am come forth from that mystery. For this cause then they thought of that mystery, that it is the completion of completions, and that it is the head of the universe, and that it is the total fullness. For Jesus had said to his disciples, That mystery surroundeth that universe of which I have spoken unto you from the day when I met with you even unto this day. For this cause then the disciples thought there is nothing within that mystery. It came to pass then, when the disciples were sitting together on the Mount of Olives, speaking of these words, and rejoicing in great joy, and exulting exceedingly and saying one to another, Blessed are we before all men who are on the earth, because the Saviour hath revealed this unto us, and we have received the fullness and the total completion, they said this to one another, while Jesus sat a little removed from them. And it came to pass then on the fifteenth day of the moon in the month Tybi, which is the day on which the moon is full, on that day then, when the sun had come forth in his going, that there came forth behind him a great light power shining most exceedingly, and there was no measure to the light conjoined with it. For it came out of the light of lights, and it came out of the last mystery, which is the four and twentieth mystery, from within without, those which are in the orders of the second space of the first mystery. And that light power came down over Jesus and surrounded him entirely, while he was seated removed from his disciples, and he had shown most exceedingly, and there was no measure for the light which was on him. And the disciples had not seen Jesus because of the great light in which he was, or which was about him, for their eyes were darkened because of the great light in which he was. But they saw only the light, which shot forth many light rays. And the light rays were not like one another, but the light was of divers kind, and it was of divers type, from below upwards, one ray more excellent than the other, in one great immeasurable glory of light, it stretched from under the earth right up to heaven. And when the disciples saw that light, they fell into great fear and great agitation. Pista Sophia, by G.R.S. Mead, 1921, Chapters 1 and 2 recall the fact that a portion of the mysteries of the pagans consisted of the aporjda, aparita or secret discourses, that the secret logia or discourses of Jesus contained in the original gospel according to Matthew, the meaning and interpretation of which St. Jerome confessed to be a difficult task for him to achieve, were of the same nature, and if we remember, further, that to some of the interior of final mysteries only a very select few were admitted, and that finally it was from the number of the latter that were taken all the ministers of the holy pagan rites, we will then clearly understand this expression of Jesus quoted by Peter, guard the mysteries for me and the sons of my house, i.e., of my doctrine. 
And if we understand it rightly, we cannot avoid thinking that this secret doctrine of Jesus, even the technical expressions of which are but so many duplications of the Gnostic and Neoplatonic mystic phraseology, that this doctrine, we say, was based on the same transcendental philosophy of Oriental Gnosis, as the rest of the religions of those and earliest days. That none of the later Christian sects, despite their boasting, were the inheritors of it, is evident from the contradictions, blunders and clumsy repatching of the mistakes of every preceding century by the discoveries of the succeeding one. These mistakes, in a number of manuscripts claimed to be authentic, are sometimes so ridiculous as to bear on their face the evidence of being pious forgeries. Thus, for instance, the utter ignorance of some patristic champions of the very gospels they claim to defend. We have mentioned the accusation against Martian by Tertullian and Epiphanius of mutilating the gospel ascribed to Luke and erasing from it that which is now proved to have never been in that gospel at all. Finally, the method adopted by Jesus of speaking in parables, in which he only followed the example of his sect, is attributed in the homilies to a prophecy of Isaiah. Peter is made to remark, for Isaiah said, I will open my mouth in parables, and I will utter things that have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. This erroneous reference to Isaiah of a sentence given in Psalm 78-2, is found not only in the apocryphal homilies, but also in the Sinaitic Codex. Commenting on the fact in the supernatural religion, the author states that Porphyry, in the 3rd century, twitted Christians with this erroneous ascription by their inspired evangelist to Isaiah of a passage from a psalm and reduced the fathers to great straits. Eusebius and Jerome tried to get out of the difficulty by ascribing the mistake to an ignorant scribe, and Jerome even went to the length of asserting that the name of Isaiah never stood after the above sentence in any of the old codices, but that the name of Asaph was found in its place, only ignorant men had removed it. To this, the author again observes that the fact is that the reading Asaph for Isaiah is not found in any manuscript extant, and, although Isaiah has disappeared from all but a few obscure codices, it cannot be denied that the name anciently stood in the text. In the Sinaitic Codex, which is probably the earliest manuscript extant, and which is assigned to the 4th century, he adds, the prophet Isaiah stands in the text by the first hand, but is erased by the second. H.P. Blavatsky It is a most suggestive fact that there is not a word in the so-called sacred scriptures to show that Jesus was actually regarded as a god by his disciples. Neither before nor after his death did they pay him divine honors. Their relation to him was only that of disciples and master, by which name they addressed him, as the followers of Pythagoras and Plato addressed their respective masters before them. Whatever words may have been put into the mouths of Jesus, Peter, John, Paul, and others, there is not a single act of adoration recorded on their part, nor did Jesus himself ever declare his identity with his father. He accused the Pharisees of stoning their prophets, not of deicide. He termed himself the Son of God, but took care to assert repeatedly that they were all the children of God, who was the heavenly Father of all. In preaching this, he but repeated a doctrine taught ages earlier by Hermes, Plato, and other philosophers. Strange Contradiction Jesus, whom we are asked to worship as the one living God, is found, immediately after his resurrection, saying to Mary Magdalene, I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. John 20:17. Does this look like identifying himself with his Father? My Father and your Father, my God and your God, implies on his part, a desire to be considered on a perfect equality with his brethren, nothing more. Theodore writes, 
The heretics agree with us respecting the beginnings of all things, but they say there is not one Christ, God, but one above, and the other below. And this last formerly dwelt in many, but the Jesus, they at one time say is from God, at another they call him a spirit. This spirit is the Christos, the messenger of life, who is sometimes called the angel Gabriel, in Hebrew, the mighty one of God, and who took with the Gnostics the place of the Logos, while the Holy Spirit was considered life. With the sect of the Nazarenes, though, the Spiritus, or Holy Ghost, had less honor. While nearly every Gnostic sect considered it a female power, whether they called it Bana, Neb, Sophia, the divine intellect, with the Nazarene sect it was the female Spiritus, the astral light, the genetrix of all things of matter, the chaos and its evil aspect, made turbido by the demiurge. At the creation of man, it was light on the side of the father, and it was light, material light, on the side of the mother. And this is the twofold man, says the Sohar. That day, the last one, will perish the seven badly disposed stellars, also the sons of man, who have confessed the spiritus, the messias, false, the deus, and the mother of the spiritus shall perish. H.P. Blavatsky The I Am Discourses, Volume 16 Please consider my legions of the sacred fire as your eternal friends, ever abiding with you in the sacred fire love which they can and will project around you if you will so accept it, if you will ask for it, if you will cooperate with it. Many times miracles indescribable and unbelievable take place simply because some of the angelic host, just passing by a condition, have poured the sacred fire of their love, and commanded it established there until its blessing has become eternal to life. This service goes on everywhere. Otherwise, you would not have had constructive activities sustained on the planet throughout the centuries in the midst of the discord and destruction mankind has created by the misuse of the great energy of life, and the misuse of life's consciousness. All the good that has been sustained down through the centuries has been sustained by the sacred fire love of the angelic host. And tonight I shall make that clear to you, and if you care to acknowledge every day that, I am enfolded in the sacred fire presence of the angelic host's victory of purifying love that supplies all good things, and I go on my way clothed in their power of victorious accomplishment, you shall have blessings, my dear ones, because we love you beyond any words to describe, because you have responded to the beloved Saint Germain in the acceptance of this instruction of the beloved I am presence and the ascended host. In your acceptance of the use of the sacred fire you have responded while the rest of mankind is still asleep. So I'm sure you will realize why we love you, because we want to use you to help the rest of mankind awaken. And I assure you, our motive is not selfish. We want to use every one of you in the fullest capacity possible to bring the sacred fire of our purifying love into the physical octave to undo mankind's human creation. And therefore, the more we can enfold you in our sacred fire presence of the angelic host's almighty authority and power over all manifestation, the more you will feel our presence near you, the more power of our sacred fire can you use, and the more will you feel untouched by the discord in the world around you. So I hope you will experiment with this and have the joy which it will bring, because I assure you, it is the completion of your mastery over all in this world. All who have become master over the physical conditions of this world have always been enfolded in the sacred fire presence of the angelic host. They have used our master power of life, of the sacred fire's purifying love, 
to be that mastery and release the power that puts an end to human creation. Beloved Archangel Michael May you go forward clothed in the blazing sacred fire presence of the angelic host's complete control of anything and everything in this world. And if you remember my words tonight, if you use this in your daily experience, do not be surprised if you see us occasionally, for one day we must step through and abide with you as you abide with each other. And to that moment shall we give you every assistance until the shadows of the ages past have passed, and the sunlight of our love becomes the authority and the illumining presence about you all wherever you abide, in this world or any other. You will never forget nor be without the sacred fire purifying love of the angelic host. So, I trust you will begin to feel what the mastery of the angelic host means to you. And as you use its power, it will bring to the rest of life the same great perfection to which we have attained. And we just want to fill you and your world, then through you, the world around you, with the same supplying presence of the great love from the heart of creation that beautifies, perfects, and supplies all things to produce only the happiness that is the divine plan fulfilled. May you feel not only our radiance. May you feel the sacred fire presence of the angelic host clothing you in the sacred fire's love and almighty power to hold control of all conditions in this world, so discord cannot longer touch you, your loved ones, or your world, or anything where you abide. We offer you our protecting presence as well as the raising, illumining presence of the angelic host's enfolding heart flame of purifying love. And may it become for you your world of manifestation. And then there are no more veils between, and wherever you abide, we abide with you. May you go forward and help us to bring this to the consciousness of the rest of mankind until the shadows of human creation are forever removed by the sacred fire. Thank you with all my heart. Beloved Archangel Michael, 